Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, I get you ready for the Hawks game against the Portland Trailblazers. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks head into the second night of a back-to-back going up against the Portland Trailblazers. The Hawks are coming off a dominating 141-118 to win over the Nets, and the Blazers are coming off a 100-106 to loss to the Indianapolis Pacers. The Hawks are now at 18-43, and and the Blazers are at 26-34. and The Blazers come into Atlanta pretty beat up. They don't have Zach Collins, no Yusuf Nurkic, no Rodney Hood, and those are injuries they've pretty much had the entire season, and it doesn't look like those guys are going to make it back. Yosef Yosef Nurkic was supposed to be back already, but he had some aggravation on his calf muscle and has not been able to get back. Um, Rodney Hood and Zach Collins, it's unclear if they're going to be able to make it back at the regular season. But the biggest injury for the Portland Trailblazers is their star, Damian Lillard. Lillard joins a list of stars who haven't played in Atlanta recently. Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, Durant are all stars that the Hawks didn't see in their games against those teams. And so the Hawks can't take anything for granted. Obviously, the Hawks are 18-43. and 43. They can't take any of these games for granted. But the Blazers are very much a different team without their leader in Dame Lillard. And the Blazers are trying to make the playoffs. They're currently behind a couple teams, specifically Memphis, and uh, the Pelicans are gaining on the Blazers. And if they're going to make that eighth seed in the West, they have to start winning some of these games. And so you know they're motivated coming into Atlanta. In the previous matchup... This was one of the earliest games in the seasons for the Hawks. It was about their sixth game, and they went to Portland and played a really, really good game that eventually went into overtime, and Portland was able to win. There are a couple interesting matchups in that game. Uh, Kevin Herter probably had his best game at the, early in the season, had 15 points, including three of eight from deep, five rebounds and two assists. Trey had 35 points and 10 assists, and then Jabari Parker had a double-double with 27 points and 10 rebounds. For the Blazers, Damian had 30 points, 6 assists, and 7 rebounds. C.J. McCollum had 23 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds. And then Hassan Whiteside, I really thought, was the difference in the game. He has some awesome nicknames, Agent Block and Count Blockula. Um, But he had 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 blocks. The Hawks really have started to drive the ball a lot. I look at that those blocks. Hassan Whiteside is going to get some blocks in this game. Um, the Blazers... Also got an awesome performance off the bench from Anthony Simons, who had 20 points, including 3 of 5 from deep. And then Scott Labissier, who is now on the Hawks, played for the Blazers, had 17 minutes and a single point. One of the big differences in the game, or one of the places the Hawks really hurt themselves, was at the free throw line. The Hawks were only 18 of 25. And from three-point land, they were 11 of 41. Um, Both places where... The Blazers didn't shoot amazingly from three-point land, but they shot about 33%. And so the Hawks only shooting below 30%, it didn't help. And as the game showed, they the Blazers ended up winning in overtime. So it was a really good game, but a lot of things have changed since that game in Portland. Uh, the Blazers have three different starters. They now have Carmelo Anthony, um, Trevor Ariza, and Gary Trent Jr. is now starting for the Blazers. And the Hawks no longer have Jabari Parker or Alex Lynn, who both played a lot of minutes in that first matchup. Um, the Hawks got 
Dwayne Denman and Clint Capella. Unfortunately, those guys will not be available for the game tonight. And it'll go back to what the Hawks had to play last night with a lot of Bruno Fernando, Damian Jones, and also John Collins getting um, opportunities at the center position. The Blazers have some weaknesses that the Hawks can attack. The Blazers are not very good. They give up the most offensive rebounds in the association, and they give up the fourth best three-point shooting percentage in the association. So those are two areas that the Hawks can attack, especially when you have rebounders like John Collins and Bruno Fernando. The Blazers are very good. They don't turn the ball over a lot. Fourth fewest turnovers in the league, and they get a ton of blocks. Getting back to uh, Hassan Whiteside, the Hawks have a propensity to get blocked. Trey is a small guard, and although he's super crafty around the basket, he's not afraid of any big men, and he often gets blocked. And um, although DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are definitely improving at the rim, they were getting blocked at a pretty high percentage early in the season, and they're still figuring their way around that. Um, but the Hawks are going to have to be aware of the big man in the middle. Um, the Hawks are playing on the second night of a back-to-back, as kind of I started this podcast talking about, but they're, they are at home. And getting back to how this schedule really plays out for the Hawks, they have a really nice schedule just being able to be at home. And the Hawks are balling at home. They've won seven of their last nine games that they've played at the farm. And uh, the Hawks seem to get a real energy from the crowd. It was a great game last night against the Nets. I'll talk about the Nets game, the Sixers game, and the Magic game, and also this Blazers game um, in a future podcast. But the Hawks are drawing some energy. The crowds have been fantastic at Stan Farm Arena, and I think a lot of it has to do with the exciting brand of basketball the Hawks play. They're at the fourth highest pace in the NBA, which means they have the most possessions in the games. It's a lot of up and down basketball teams um, not taking a lot of time at either end, but getting shots up and then getting in transition. But the Hawks have really found something with Cam Reddish is suddenly performing at a super high level, and he's a player who can really destroy teams in transition. And then Trey Young loves to push the ball. And his pushing the ball doesn't always mean that he's um, dribbling the ball up the court. He likes to look ahead and try to get guys easy buckets. Um, And I think players like John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish, again, really benefit from that and getting dunks in transition and easy duck-ins. But this game against the Blazers should not be taken lightly. Since Damian Lillard has gone out, C.J. McCollum has really taken over, and he's going to provide a difficult matchup forever who the Hawks throw at him. I would imagine it's either going to be Kevin Herter or Cam Reddish who gets that assignment. And then Gary Trent Jr. is a very capable three-point shooter. Um, after that, we have to look at Anthony Simons off the bench. Again, he scored 20 points off the bench in Portland. He's always um, a chance to go off. And uh, this team is really kind of backed into a corner. Again, the Blazers are trying to get into the playoffs. And without Damian Lillard, it kind of all goes to next man up. But they have to score a lot of points. And now they have other players who are doing that instead of Damian Lillard. For the Hawks side of the ball, there's no one on the um, Blazers team who can guard Trey Young. I'm sure they're going to throw uh, Trevor Ariza. They're going to throw Gary Trent Jr. They're going to throw all of their wing defenders at him to give him different looks, but there's no one who can guard him, and I would expect Trey to have a really big game. Get, attacking the offensive boards, now John Collins has always had trouble against length. Um, Hassan Whiteside is a legit seven-foot-tall guy with really long arms, and so I don't know how well John is going to 
play in this game. I think Bruno might have a little bit of better chance versus um, Hassan Whiteside. But on the offensive board front, both Bruno and John Collins should take advantage of the fact that the Blazers are not very good at protecting that glass. Um, DeAndre Hunter had a really nice game against the Nets. And I think both him and Cam are starting to figure out how to play with some consistency in the NBA. I don't know if Cam is going to hit six threes again, um, but both DeAndre Hunter and Cam should be, continue to be aggressive. Both players are bigger than a lot of the guys that the Blazers have. Um, and it will be really interesting to see the matchups that the Blazers try to take advantage of with this lineup that they have. I think, you know, CJ McCollum is going to get his points. If Hassan Whiteside and Anthony Simons are able to go off, like that could really be a problem for the Hawks. So the Hawks are really going to have to focus on kind of gang rebounding, getting a Whiteside out of there, and also being very disciplined at the three-point line. I did think one of the poor areas for the Hawks against the Nets was letting some three-point shooters get shots up, whether that was Joe Harris or Garrett Temple. But against the Blazers, they need to be just as disciplined on these shooters, whether it's Gary Trent Jr., Anthony Simons, or C.J. McCollum. Now, the Hawks are playing so well at home, I really expect them to take care of business against the Blazers. I think the Hawks are really playing some of their best basketball, maybe even on the defensive side of the ball. I think Trey's been competing a lot. That's never really been a question with Cam, at least on on-ball defense, and especially when his uh, the player he's guarding is one pass away. He loves to get his long arms in those passing lanes. And I think maybe the last five games he's had a knock away that's led to a pretty easy dunk for Cam. But uh, the Hawks should have really been playing kind of inspired basketball, even in some of these losses. So I expect them to come out with the same effort against the Blazers. Now, the Hawks are a young team. And one of my frustrations with them is that we haven't seen that you know, same effort night after night. After a win, we might get a less, they might be a little, you know, thinking they're taking care of business where they have to come out and bring the same effort. They've gotten off to very good starts. Even in that Magic game, they got off to a very nice first quarter. Um, and so not falling behind and then just like taking care of each quarter after that, the Hawks will have a very good chance to beat the Blazers. But I really think they have to watch out for CJ McCollum and, uh, Hassan Whiteside just the Hawks have had a little bit of a a weakness against bigger centers whether it's Fucevic Mo Bamba came in and hit some threes against the Hawks I don't expect Hassan Whiteside to hit three threes in a quarter against the Hawks but this is a very nice opportunity for the Hawks to after going on a little bit of a losing streak to create a little bit of a winning streak or as I like to call it a a win line segment so it should be a fun game Two teams that really like to shoot the ball um, and get the ball up and down the court. It should just be another exciting game, and I would expect a really big performance from Trey Young. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or a review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that would be a huge help to me. Go Hawks!